0: The Hawks are going all in again and the Leafs and the Oilers not done making trades. Both aren't going to be making the playoffs obviously. And the Florida Panthers shopping on a Saturday. Who saw that coming? (laughs) Uh, Shout outs to all those past and present in the NHL. First of all, uh, who wore number 21, including the late Andy Bathgate who passed away on Friday. Uh, If you don't know this story, unintentionally changed the game forever, hit Jacques Plant square in the face with a shot, and Jacques Plant was very conscious of the goalie mask that he wore, Toe Blake the coach didn't want him wearing it during games. He took a puck right in the face, and from then on he refused to take off his mask, and the rest is history. Uh, the face of the average NHL goaltender wouldn't be complete without Andy Bathgate. Uh, Bobby Bond, who became a folk hero, uh, folk hero in Toronto, Uh, Game six in an overtime game against the Red Wings that the Leafs had to win. Um, He breaks his leg, doesn't know it at the time, gets it frozen up, comes back on, scores the OT winner, Leafs come back to win the series. Stan Mikita, of course, legendary Chicago Blackhawk, and legendary Maple Leaf Boreas Salming also wore number 21. Uh, Marius Tchaikovsky of the New York Islanders, who was described as diving like free uh everyone going for free beer at a frat party um a big time diver in the eyes of some people uh he makes this list as well as does Guy Carboneau, Ted Donato, your boy Brett Duboff, Louis Erickson, uh former 67 Andrew Castles and of course the legends Peter Forsberg, Ron Francis, Tony Granado, Miko Koibu in his rookie season with many Brent Sutter, Yurki Lume, And in his early years with the New York Rangers, probably one of the most prolific point scorers of his time, defenseman Sergei Zubov wore number 21. So for all of you guys and for all of the past and present NHLers who wear number 21, this podcast is for you. It's time to Lace them Up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome
1: to episode number 21 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Duboff. I was wondering if you were going to do that, like the intro, because you kind of, you didn't introduce me. Yeah, I, I, I paused for a couple of seconds, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. No, go on. Sorry. In any case, uh, the trade deadline for
0: those of you who don't know is on Monday, probably you're going to be reading or listening to this podcast rather, um, either w- just before the deadline ends or expires or after the deadline has ended. But, uh, before Monday's deadline, and we're going to break down uh, all the shenanigans on trade deadline Monday in episode 22, of course, but there were some big trades,
1: uh, before the deadline happened. And, uh, we're going to start uh, in the order... Well, actually, wait, wait, hold on. First, we're going to do the social media. Oh, uh, right, yeah,
0: <laughs> of course. Uh, in, in order to actually uh, find out all the latest information, everything that's going on in the Lace of a Podcast, of course, you need to find out how to get in touch with us on social media. And that is what Brett is for. So, uh, Brett, yeah. will you do that?
1: That's the only reason why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> the... Uh, no the uh Facebook uh so Facebook is uh Lay Some Up Podcasts, or Lace them Up, I think. Um, you can get us on Twitter, Lace Some Up Podcasts. Lace Up Podcast. Laysome 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 Podcast, Up Podcast. Um, and then uh SoundCloud uh is just Lace them Up. And iTunes, uh rate us on iTunes and all that s- stuff. Um yeah, uh yeah, so yeah, we're just and, gonna and if you have any hockey questions to
0: uh, the program that you want to address, uh, please send us an email, laceupbag at gmail.com. We will answer it uh, on the show, on a, on a future show. We just uh, haven't gotten uh, many. too many of those emails uh, recently. Yeah. But as always, we appreciate your feedback. Uh, we appreciate your interest in hockey and uh, how to make this show better. Oh, right. I forgot we the email. we are to serve you, not just Lace. our Atlantic division bias.
1: Yeah, exactly. Laceupbag at gmail.com. Yes. Um, the, uh, the Traits. Yeah, trades, right. So, um, I'm actually kind of hoping that there is a trade in the middle of this recording, but, um, who knows if that's actually going to happen, but we're going to do, so we could have started off with all the big trades, but we're going to get into that, um, but we're going to go in order of when they happened. Um, so we're going to start with, uh, the Colorado Avalanche getting Sean Mathias, uh, from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they sent the Avalanche send away Colin Smith and a 2016 fourth round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I mean, Traumatized didn't really do much um, on the Maple Leafs, but this is just another you know, this is a trade that just happened for uh you know, uh, just the Leafs are in full tank mode right now. Uh, they're just trading away their players and. Well, um, they're not trading away all their players. They're they're just trading away the players that they probably know won't be back next year. Yeah, and Sean Mathias is probably on that list. Right, and they're in they're in full tank mode kind of thing. Uh, the Certainly next, seems like yeah, especially with this next trade where the uh, the Sharks get Roman Polak and Nick Spalling, Um and they get in return a 2017 second round pick, a 2018 second round pick, and Raffy Torres. Mm-hmm. I think Rafi Torres is probably going to retire, and he's probably going to be in the AHL, so us Sens and Bruins fans don't have to worry about him uh, hitting, hitting, suspending, you know, injuring Bergeron or Carlson or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so this is another move where the Leafs just get more picks. They, like, just they just want all the picks. I have a feeling, like, in 2017, like, the entire draft will be just Maple Leafs' picks.
0: Well, not just 2017. As a matter of fact, I saw this on General Fanager, I think it was. Uh, This raises the Leafs' draft pick totals over the next three drafts to 28, and 17 of those are in the first four
1: rounds. Yeah. It's kind of... It was also kind of surprising that Roman Polak and Nick Spalling could get a second-round pick. I know it's like three years in the future and two, uh, four years in the future, but it's still like, um, oh wait, actually two years in the future and three years in the future, but it's still, uh, it's, um, I don't know. I, 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 they are not the kind of caliber players that would get a second round pick. Um, and, and, and Nick Spaulding was, was just acquired in the off season for Phil Kessel. Right. One of the pieces that was acquired for the Phil Kessel trade. Yeah, exactly. Like you said, building for the
0: future—that's that's kind of the motto in uh, in Toronto right now. And 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 Roman Polak, you know, it, see, my fear is that the Toronto Maple Leafs are trending in the direction of the Edmonton Oilers under the uh, Craig McTavish uh, years and in the years before that, where it's unload every single asset, and and not too many veterans are there. And you're just left with the young guns and you rush the young guns in. And my fear is they're going to rush them too soon. And they're going to be damaged goods within the first four years of, of their NHL stay in Toronto. And, and that's unfortunate. And I hope that's not what happens because they have a ton of young talent. That right. you, you, you really can't rush them. If, if you let them develop, they are going to be very, very good NHL players.
1: Um, yeah, that's true. Uh, But like you know, but I mean, at the same time, you have Babcock, you have Kyle Dubas, you know, these are guys that know what they're doing, Um, and you also have Lou Lamarillo as a GM, so they know they they seem to have a plan in place. I know what you're meaning, what you're saying that like it could when you come when it terms the when it comes to rebuild, you know, it could be like a uh, something like what the Oilers are doing. Or it could you know it could be the opposite of what like the Penguins and the Blackhawks did in terms of you know they were bad for a while they somehow got like Crosby and Malkin and um in the Penguins case, and then in the Blackhawks case they got Kane and taze um you know, and that kind of sparked them to uh build around them those guys. Um, and it
0: wasn't it wasn't so much the next balling part that threw me off. It was Roman Polak. I mean oh. basically the the star of your show on defense is Morgan
1: Riley. Right. And
0: your assistant captain is Matt
1: Hunwick. Well, um, I mean I, Roman, I don't expect Roman Polak is is this big intimidating force yeah. uh, that any team would like to have but on, I don't, uh, on the back end. And I think that's a guy I would think you would like to keep around. Even I, I don't expect who Roman Polak?
0: I don't. Yeah.
1: Isn't he like old though?
0: I don't think he's that old.
1: Hold on, let me look. Um, it, it, it I thought he was like thirty or something.
0: That's not too old. It's getting close to his prime, but true.
1: Um, hold on. He is. Oh, he's twenty nine. So I was close. <laughs> but, uh but like I, I don't think for in terms of like the roster right now for Toronto is going to be completely different when they actually are fully rebuilt. Like they haven't even gotten any of their oh, guys. Yeah. They haven't drafted any of these people. So, you know, they have a ton of draft picks so they can they can pick all these D men if they want in, in replace of Roman Polak. So, it's good or, it's a good move for trade, them for or their trade future those picks though. And, and get a defenseman that they need and that exactly. they want. Right, exactly. Used to say they're going to use all those draft picks, you know, to draft people. They're probably going to use them as, you know, Beep. you
0: know, part of another
1: deal. That's possible too. But they could, you know, they could also draft them. You know, it's not a, yeah. it's not a thing. They think the next three years has got a lot of, you know, solid. Uh, right. Right. Exactly. That's my point. Is that like in the next three years, this team's going to be so different that it's like they're going to forget that Roman Polak or whoever else they're going to trade. Primer, um, you know, how well they're doing, you know, they don't care, they, they're just, they're just building for the future right now. hmm Um, so, speaking of building for the future, uh, the Calgary Flames got Hunter Shinkara. K- Shinkara, Shin- Yeah, I was closer than I was in the pre, the pre-prep, um, yeah. <laughs> and then the Canucks got, a Mark, for Marcus Granlin, uh, yeah. the Canucks got... This was a interesting move. For it was a one-for-one one
0: prospect deal. Yeah. There's not
1: but, much really to read into it. Well, there is a bit, considering that Hunter Shinkaruk um, <laughs> was uh, was a first-rounder, and I think Marcus Granlin was like a fifth-rounder or fourth-rounder or something like that. So it is an interesting move in terms of, like, it's a one-for-one one deal, but Hunter Shinkaruk has more of a um, potent- has more potential, so it is a... Uh, I don't I'm not really sure what Benning was thinking here. Um maybe he he uh you know maybe he doesn't think that Shinkaruk can make it in the NHL from what he's seen, but um I don't know, it's just a strange move for the Canucks, but well, the Sven, Sven Bertchy was was, was one oh, yeah, of
0: those guys in, in Calgary, and as, as far as Calgary's you know prospect pool is concerned, he was, he was starting to fall uh, down the death chart a little bit and not seeing as much ice time. He goes to Vancouver, he's playing meaningful minutes and now he's producing and now they're just hoping that maybe a change of scenery will help Hunter and that Marcus Granlin will continue to add to what Vancouver's trying to bring
1: offensively, which they're going to need if they're going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah, that's true. I just, I don't know. I feel like, um, I feel like that it's just, uh, it's going to be a mistake for the Canucks in the future, because it it looks like, isn't, like, Shinkaruk, um, I believe, isn't he, like, leading his team in the OHL or wherever he is? Um... Um,
0: uh, uh, I, I think I think he was maybe in the WHL uh,
1: for quite a bit, but I think that was quite uh, some time ago. I, I on, don't think me... he's Playing in the in the juniors, maybe maybe in the. Oh, AHL is he in the juniors right now? Hmm. Oh yeah, he's in the juniors right now. Um, he's in the
0: juniors.
1: Oh, okay. He um. Oh no no he was in the AHL for a bit. Yeah. He had um he. Uh, he was on Utica Comets. He yeah, had that's, uh, tw- that's the thirty HL nine. Eight, yeah. yeah. He had thirty nine points in forty in forty five games. That's pretty good. Um last year he had thirty one points in seventy four games though. So, and then, you know, he just he played one game in this for the Stockton Heat. Um yeah. But uh and then uh let's see here, Marcus Granlin. Um yeah, he was oh yeah, Marcus Granlin was a round second round pick. Um oh, my bad. Uh, but he did get a point, though. Um, he played for the Canucks, um, and he got a point. So maybe I don't know. Maybe Benning does know what he's doing, but who knows? Um, it's it, it's one of those trades where well, we won't where know it, it, the it results. Could, could the until. team
0: right now, but I don't think it's one that we're going to remember in five or ten years. Oh, I don't,
1: I I don't know about that. I feel like it might be one of those um, like Philip Forsberg for Martin Ehrat deals. If Hunter Schinker can. Actually make it in the flames, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. Um, I'm probably I you- I'm probably wrong. Um, the Capitals get Mike Weber, uh, f- from the Buffalo Sabers, and they give up a 2017 third round pick. This one's not really a trade that we should um, focus too much on.
0: this is a a plug-in and you need to keep in mind that also um john carlson i believe had to undergo surgery and he's expected to miss several weeks so with him out of the lineup on defense they needed someone to help fill the void i'm not going to say mike weber is there to fill the void but he's there to provide some reinforcements and 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 that's all this is this is is a plug-in
1: right um all right let's see uh uh, Philip Lars, the Canucks get Philip Larson from the Oilers. Um, or at least his rights. His rights, yeah. Uh, the Oilers get a 2017 fifth-round pick. So the Canucks are just dealing with their Western Canadian counterparts. So, um, yeah, that's another trade where it's not as, um, there's not much we can really talk about. Um, then we get to the biggest trade of the weekend, or of this week, Um, the Blackhawks get, uh, bring back, uh, Andrew Ladd, uh, they also get Jay Harrison and Matt Frazier, and then the Jets get Marco Dano, uh, 2016 first round pick, and a 2018 conditional third round draft pick. Um, this is an interesting move because the Blackhawks get a depth with their, um, I mean, I think Ladd is playing right now against the Capitals, um. They're playing... Yeah, Levy's playing right now. Uh, yep, Ladd is playing right now. Um, and That, con-
0: that conditional third-round pick in 2018, by the way, that's conditional
1: if Chicago wins the Stanley Cup this year. Oh, wow. So that, um, is, that is the... Yeah, this is, is a... Uh, so this is a rental, uh, but this is a, clearly a move for the Blackhawks to be like, we're going all-in even though they won last Again, year. They're trying to, you know, they're uh, so you got to give Stan Bowman some credit for that. Um, and, you know, Ladd fits well with Taze and Hosa. Um, and he's the top-line left winger that I mentioned in the previous podcast. So there goes yep. their void in that for some And I also, I, uh, speaking of previous podcasts, I called it um, a couple weeks ago.
0: You called that Andrew Ladd would not be re-signed, but did you call he was going to Chicago,
1: though? I didn't, but I did call that he was going to be traded by trade advice. Okay. So. there you go. <laughs> so,
0: that's uh, two for you. Exactly.
1: Um, yeah, I, when you posted this on Facebook, you had a friend who was saying that the return wasn't great. But I disagree, because... Um,
0: for a pending I, UFA, that's pretty good. Yeah,
1: especially considering that Ladd is a rental. Um, the Black Hawks aren't going to sign him again, especially um, with a cap going down by at least four million. Yeah, next year. that too. the The Blackhawks are in a t- are in a very bad spot now. Um, but I mean, it's the Blackhawks. You can't really criticize them because you know they clearly know what they're doing. It's kind of like the Patriots or the um, Spurs. It's like you can't really. Uh, talk badly about any of the moves they make, because, you know, it's like, well, they've won championships, so I can't really criticize yeah. them, so, um, but, yeah. uh, but Marco Dano, also- uh, he was the guy who came from the, uh, who, from the brennan Sad trade, Yeah. um, so uh, the Jets get him, and they also get a first-round pick, so that's probably going to be a late, a late-round pick for them, but, or late in the round pick, but that's still, you know, it's still a good deal, though. Um, you know, first-round picks are hard to come back, so... Um.
0: There's, there was also talk about Brian Bickle's future in Chicago. According to Bob McKenzie, uh, if he gets still, they could free up some cap space for another mover just to stay on the cap floor, because the Hawks have added a cap hit of just under $3 million in the Andrew Ladd deal if Jay Harrison stays in the minors, uh, so... Like you said, they're taking on a significant amount of coin and 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 the
1: cap, like I said, is gonna go down. So it's it's something to keep in mind. The Hawks might yeah. not be done yet. Especially since Ladd hasn't been playing too well. So like a first round pick for Andrew like a guy who isn't playing that great is uh you know, it's kind of a bargain even. And Marco Dano, you know, add him to the
0: list of talented prospects coming up the Winnipeg Jets
1: system. Yeah. Like, you know, they're focused on the future
0: as well and, and, and and Marco yeah, they're going to be scary. Addition, and he's got a ton of skill and a ton of upside to him. So yeah. this, long term, uh, th- this looks good for Winnipeg. But uh, like you said, Andrew Ladd, I I don't think this is anything more than than, than just a, a short homecoming and then he probably moves elsewhere to where, I don't know. But, um, you know, you, you look at uh, all the talent that the, the, the Blackhawks have already in, in Panarin, and they'll probably have to re-sign him eventually and you know, Hosa, who's nearing the end of his contract, and uh, un- unfortunately, there won't be a place for Andrew Ladd on this roster for much longer. He's he's going to be become expendable, like a lot of other um, pieces on on the Blackhawks team. You know, uh, when when you gear up for a playoff run, and and I, I- just looking at what they're doing, uh, looking at all these pieces that they're getting, uh, when when you get guys like Andrew Ladd and a couple of other names that we're going to mention as well. That And and they're not really studs, but they're critical into what makes for a good playoff run, what makes for a good playoff team. And it shows that they have what they need and that they're just addressing the holes they need to fill, filling the holes temporarily. And basically all they have to do now is show up and win. And, and if they do that, no one can stop
1: them. Yeah. And, and I would think if they win – the Stanley Cup, that would be their fourth in seven years.
0: Any doubts of them not being a modern-day dynasty, erase them off the board. Well, they already
1: are a dynasty team. Anyone who thinks otherwise If if there's anyone who's making the argument, that argument is toast after this year. Well, anyway, yeah, I mean, they already were, but yeah. Uh, Well, right now, the uh, Blackhawks are playing the Capitals at the moment. It's 1-1, middle of the second right now, but Um, so, but that's like a good, like, it was probably a Stanley Cup preview at the moment. Um, so, but yeah, uh, so speaking of Stanley Cup teams, the, uh, Blackhawks and the Kings make a trade, um, which is, uh, it's kind of funny considering like the, both teams have a habit of making Mm -hmm. key trades before a deadline and then going on a cup run. So it's funny that they traded with each other. But uh so the Blackhawks get Christian Earhoff, um and the uh the Kings get Rob Skideri. Um Scuderi is back with the Kings. Um he uh he won the cup with them on in the twenty twelve. Yeah, twenty twelve, yeah. Um yeah, he wasn't on the uh twenty fourteen team I don't think. But um yeah, it's uh Christian Airhoff is on the Blackhawks. It's another depth move for the Blackhawks where they get a another defenseman to help them out. Um, yeah. Um,
0: I'm just, I'm just looking at, at uh, if, if you want to make your head spin uh, a little math lesson for you. Um, um, Rob Skidari was previously acquired from the pens for Trevor right. Daly, who was previously acquired from Dallas in the Patrick Sharp deal. Um, and Airhoff recently cleared waivers, by the way, the Hawks retained 50% on their share of Skidari Sally, salary, while the Kings retain 15% of host Cha-ching! Uh, here's where it gets interesting. is making 3.3775 uh, million bucks this year. The Pens, Hawks, and Kings are all paying him $1.125 million bucks each. <laughs> and apparently there's a maximum for retained transactions per contract, which I didn't know. Uh, that uh, didn't limit is know, two. Idea. So if a fourth team wanted to pay Skidari this year, sorry, not going to happen. Um and aroff's salary chicago Sal, with 1.275 million bucks 325,000 of which is buried whatever the heck that means i didn't join this show to do math uh, <laughs> what i do know is that a small shakeup like this doesn't change a team season it's a depth move as we said before
1: um yeah it's it's an it's a depth move for both teams but um just don't just don't see them making a trade with one another they usually look elsewhere exactly considering they're probably gonna duke it
0: out in the west unless i know i was
1: thinking that it's it's gonna be funny like like i'm sure like if the kings or the blackhawks win they're gonna be like saying like yeah they made that trade for christian era or they made that trade for rob scuderi and that really was the key for them yeah they both probably think they sucker the other team and whatnot, but yeah, well, and both are kind of past their primes. Like uh, yeah. Skedari's not. Yeah, where this he, would have been he, a. He off isn't where he used to be. This would have been a, like a blockbuster trade, like five, five years, years ago. ago yeah, yeah, it would. Um, yeah, Skedari like was is a pretty good defensive defenseman, but now not so much. Um, uh, so then uh, the Blackhawks make another move. Uh, th- they get uh Thomas Fleischman and Dale Weiss from the Canadians for a 2018 second round pick and Philip Denal. Um, I don't know if I pronounced that name right. Is it Denal or Deno? Yeah, Deno, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's another. It's a kind of like the lad deal where they just add more forward depth. Like they needed more forward depth, but um, yes. Yeah, yeah, 24 goals from two depth guys
0: who can slot nicely into a bottom six roll. Yeah. And, that, and like I said, that's a sign you have what you need already. Right. Um, the Canadians only retain 30% of Dale Weese's salary, so that doesn't help the Hawks in July when the cap
1: goes down. But again, a win now mentality, who cares? Right, but Dale, like. I believe Weiss is also going to be a free agent, so they're not going to yeah, sign him exactly. either. Um,. um but as you mentioned, the Habs getting a
0: second-round pick 2018, uh, the prospect named Philip Deneau, and I, I hear this, again, more insider stuff from Bob McKenzie on Twitter. He describes Deneau, or the scouting report on Deneau, is a bottom-six forward who can play up and down the lineup, strong on the penalty kill, strong on the face-off dot, a speedy puck hound, and a dream for any coach. So, um, Michelle Therian, uh can't, uh, probably can't help but smile when he coaches this kid because, uh, this, this guy seems like, uh, like he'll slot in nicely and maybe bring what Dale Weiss has done for the past, uh, uh, couple of seasons that he's been in Montreal. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it should be, it should be interesting. I think, I think the Canadians will get by on this trade and they won't reap the benefits right away, but I think
1: long term they'll be in decent shape. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I guess, I feel like the Canadians could have gone a little bit more for Dale Weiss, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's not, I'm not complaining. Uh, the Blues get Anders Nilsson for, from the Oilers, and the Oilers get Nicholas Lundstrom, another goalie, and a 2016 fifth-round pick. Um, this is, a, like, a depth move, I guess. Maybe Jake Allen and Brian Elliott aren't as reliable as uh, the Blues um, want them to be. I don't be, know
0: but... if you heard, but on the day Jake Allen came back on the team, Brian Elliott got hurt. Oh, that's
1: apparently what happened. And he's out long-term. Okay. So, Nielsen <laughs> equals plug-in. <laughs> that explains it. Yep. Um. Yeah. And they're uh, going to ride Jake
0: Allen until Elliott returns in all likelihood.
1: Right. Oh, so, this was just like a filling in an injury kind yep. of thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was an interesting move for... Um, for the Oilers, because, I mean, Nelson did play well for a brief minute um, for a couple yeah, of games. He really and he was good. And but uh, really then good. he just oh. fell apart, though, so I don't know. We'll yeah. see. There was a time going. where he was actually getting more starts, I think, than Cam Talbot was, and Talbot has since taken over the reins. And now yeah. you've got Laurent Brassois behind Cam right, Talbot. Right, exactly. And he's their goalie of their future. Uh,
0: apparently, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, another goalie trade, uh, the Sharks get James Reimer and Jeremy Morin, who's a forward. Um, and the Leafs get Alex Stalock and, uh, Ben Smith, who's a forward. And also a 2018 conditional fourth round draft pick. Um, I believe the conditional fourth round pick is dependent on either if the
0: Sharks make the Western Conference Finals or the Stanley Cup Finals. I can't remember which.
1: Yeah. Um, the Sharks are, uh... Uh, yeah, so the uh, Martin Jones has been their key starter. They haven't really... Alex Stalock hasn't been as good as he should be for a backup. So they get James Reimer. It's kind of sad. Even as a Bruins fan, it is kind of sad that James Reimer is on another team now. Uh, he, he's, he, was he was a class was, act from start yeah, to finish. He was a class he's act. He's such a nice guy on the lease, so I don't know. Um, and he, and he was good too. He just didn't, he was just underappreciated too. So, um, and, and he was, he and his wife sometimes were after a bad game Were treated like crap on yeah, social
0: media, but he, he didn't fold like a cheap lawn chair when the going got tough. Uh, one of those guys he can't help but cheer for, like you said, and he, he did something that no other netminder could do in Toronto for the better part of the last decade. And that's take the team to the playoffs.
1: And he almost, um, and he almost beat the Bruins in the, Yeah. Playoff, yeah, so our, uh, epic collapse aside or epic comeback aside, <laughs> yeah, whatever you classify it as, but like he uh, was, was probably was he, was, him in our round of he was the main reason why there was even seven games to begin with. Yeah, so. yeah,
0: and and you look at this deal from a Sharks perspective and you take a glance at Martin Jones, you mentioned Martin Jones and the numbers he's put up, he's won 29 games at last check, fifth most in the NHL this year. His GAA sits at 2.36 at last check. Safe percentage is a respectable 916 at last check. And he's played in 51 games this season. In his first two seasons combined, being the backup to Jonathan Quick, he appeared in 34 games. And this is his first NHL season as a starting netminder, an undisputed starting netminder. And he's in the top 10 for most shots against and the most shots stopped. So at some point, you would think fatigue is going to play a factor. And if and when that does... You need a solid insurance plan behind Martin Jones. Right. Alex Daylock is okay, but he's not a solid insurance plan. James Reimer is. This guy has the insurance factor, and he can and he can steal some games for you. So this is a huge pickup for the Sharks, and uh,
1: you know the Leafs they keep adding on uh, to uh, the draft picks. Yeah, what, and this... what 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 I find interesting though
0: is on social media. You know how people always got in James Reimer's case. They were pretty disappointed, not only that they got so little for James Reimer, that they even traded him at all. They should have probably (laughs) traded somebody else. What?
1: Yeah, I think I heard that too. Don Cherry echoed that too. He said that he traded the wrong guy. Well, yeah, Bernier hasn't been as good as he should be, but... Lately, but still. Um, yeah. I mean the Leafs will have a lot of things to worry about. because uh, they I don't think Bernier is the guy either. But I don't know if Reimer was the guy uh to begin with as well. So I don't know. Um Stalock uh Staloc's also gonna be a free agent and Reimer's gonna be a free agent. So maybe Reimer will come back if he misses Toronto that much. But, well, it, you know. <laughs> he, was, he was a fourth round pick in 2006. So the fact they can get that kind of return, that's 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 not too bad. And he was it's the longest serving uh, of the Leafs. And the if you football. combine the Sharks trade, Sharks Leafs trade earlier in the week with the uh, Nick balling and uh, yeah. Roman Polak trade, it's kind of it's a little bit more even um, as well. So. Um, and, and- I also heard from TSN's
0: Pierre Lebrun that the goaltending market compared to previous leaders is pretty thin. Right. Uh, the only other guy that could be right for the picking uh, not named Cam Ward is Chad Johnson. And Optimist runs is the best option available not named uh, Cam Ward or Chad Optimist Johnson. Right. And, and uh, Lou Lamorello made that argument that if another goaltender hit the trade market there could be cap restrictions involved. So this was probably the easiest move to make at the time. Um, and you're also talking about billing for the future. Now we get to see who their two goaltending prospects are and what they're made of. And right, what you have
1: do. you have Garrett uh, Sparks and then you also have um. There's another guy, right? Um, Antoine Bebo. He's Antoine 19 five and zero in the AHL this year. Sparks is 13 four and three in the AHL, three one and zero in the NHL. Okay, so that's that's probably who who the two goalies of the future will be, and Bernier will be yeah. just the guy in the placeholder kind of guy.
0: Bebo played for the Valdor Forers a couple of years ago when they, uh, the year the Edmonton Oil Kings and Curtis Lazar won the Memorial Cup, but they were the him and the Valdor Forers, uh, Bebo and the Valdor Forers were in that tournament, and there were some real dandies that he put up against the London Knights and the Edmonton Oil Kings in a triple OT marathon. This guy was playing out of his mind, fantastic. So he's got he's got the potential to do something great, and, and Garrett Sparks. This guy was like a late, late, late draft pick by the Leafs, and now all of a sudden he's the backup to Jonathan Bernier. Uh, that's that uh, again. You would love to hear good success
1: stories like that. Um. Okay. The Florida Panthers get Yuri Hudler.
0: Yeah. yeah um, now we're talking about the team that made all these moves that no one. I don't think anyone really expected
1: them. Yeah. I mean. Well, yeah, this is their first time when they're seriously contenders, so I think they're just going all-in for this year because they don't know if they're it's going to happen again. Uh, so, yeah, the Panthers get yuri Hoodler uh, for 2016 second-round draft pick and a 2018 fourth-round draft pick. Um, I feel like the Flames could have even gotten him more because you couldn't get like a first-round pick for him. Uh, that seems kind of crazy, but... Um, but yeah, so Yuri Holzer to the Panthers. He did play well with uh, the Goudreau and Monahan line, but um, yeah, so the Panthers get even get more experience to add on with Yager. So they have another veteran on their team. Um,
0: and 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 you look at what he did last year, and 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 you know the award that he won as well, um, and and the bright future that the Flames had. Now all of a sudden. He's
1: traded to a different team. It's a, it's amazing how the landscape can. change. Yeah, true. So, well, I mean, the whole Flames team is like you know they used they were like good, so like promising last year. and Now they you know they've taken a step back. So um, although I, I again it was again you know we make all these comparisons
0: to the Senators and those miraculous seasons where no one expected them to do well, but they did well anyway. Yeah, and then well, they suffered a setback. Well we didn't expect them to take a step forward the year before and that True. was the case in Calgary last year. So I think they, they, they overachieved last year. Definitely. And yeah, was a
1: I thing. think we all knew that, but like with the moves that they made in the off season with uh, Dougie Hamilton and, um, you know, and just yeah. being older, you, you, you'd think that they'd, you know, they'd improve on, um, yeah. what they did last year, but you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, so I I guess it's it's an interesting move. I guess it makes the Panthers stronger as well. So um, we'll see.
0: But yeah, it, it you know you got Huberdeau, you got Barkov, you got Yarmar Yager. You know don't know who's coming back, and now you yeah. got Yuri Goodler. That's a
1: solid top four to go with guys exactly. like Uusiokainen. And it's it's good uh, it's good um, veteran experience for the this young team too. Yeah, um, you know I mean yeah you have Yager and Jokinen, but. You know they needed more veterans on their team, so Yuri uh, Hidler is a good guy to have on that team for, in and, that and regard. He, and he played on a couple of Detroit Red Wings teams that have yep. gone deep in the playoffs, so he, 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 he's he's
0: been in the playoff atmosphere before. Um,
1: the uh, the another Panther trade, uh, the they get Teddy Purcell from the Oilers uh, for a third round pick. Um. Yep.
0: Apparently there are reports that Teddy Purcell Oh, wow.
1: Justin. The uh, Rangers just got Eric Stahl. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Careful what you wish for, bud. It know. just happened. Uh, and, and, for, you, know what, you know what the interesting part was?
0: Yeah. Mark Stahl alluded to this. He said, it'd be
1: amazing if I got to play with, with his brother. The yeah. Ah, the uh team. For uh, the Hurricanes get Alexi Saralel? Law and a second round draft pick, two second round draft picks. Um, I didn't even know the Rangers had any draft picks because I thought that was the, the big think thing with they them. Had even cap space. Yeah. So, yeah, the, no, the Rangers the get. The talk was already yeah. Get so, again. Eric goes from Jordan stall to uh, Mark Stahl. Um But, yeah, it was just funny because, like, all of a sudden I was just like, wait, there's a thing on this trade tracker. And then all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my uh, God! They uh, got the Rangers got Eric Stall. So yeah, breaking news.
0: Happy all a happy dated breaking news. Whenever you're reading, exactly.
1: This. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Take our word for it. This trade just happened.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Literally just happened. Yeah, uh, a, this is
0: the first for us. A,
1: I know. I know. This is like this an exciting a, time. Like, so should problem. we pop some champagne or something? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <the> preferable
0: <laughs> champagne. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anybody else.
1: Um. Yeah. yeah that was of- uh. Uh, all right, so what we were, we were talking I about... I was also going to say, Teddy Purcell, there was also this deal in place, apparently. Um,
0: I heard from sources that Teddy Purcell and Justin Schultz to the LA Kings, but that deal fell through, and uh, they they were basically divided uh, amongst the Eastern Conference, and Teddy Purcell going to the Florida Panthers. Um, again, the, the Florida Panthers just adding some more depth. And funny thing is, uh, Teddy Purcell prior to his short stint with the Oilers, play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. So yeah. now he's going back to the Sunshine <laughs> State for the second right. time in his NHL career, only just to
1: the other Sunshine State team. Um, And then the Panthers also get Jacob Kindle. Jacob yeah, Kindle. Yeah. Jacob Kindle, yeah, just, again, adding depth. This time We're, on defense. Yeah, for a 2017 sixth-round pick from the Red Wings. Um. Yeah, Jakub he's just Kindle a... Jakob Kindle was
0: placed on waivers a couple of times. I don't think yeah. the Red Wings are really going
1: to miss him that much. Right. And uh, I know that Kindle just blocks a lot of shots. So Yeah. yeah. Um, Justin Schultz is on the Penguins uh, yeah. for a third-round pick on the Oilers. Uh, this is an interesting move because, yeah, the Penguins do need defense. But I don't know if Justin Schultz is their guy because he's not that great on defense. See, um,
0: again, I alluded to this before. And it's just like the Dallas Stars. Mm-hmm. Defense is not the problem. Yeah. Defense, defense, shut down. Defense
1: is your problem, and this trade solves nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah, it's just was... it's just a, another offense, a potential
0: offensive threat on on their team. Um, just adding depth to offense, but not really solving the
1: problem that they need, and that's keeping the puck out of the net. Yeah. Um. Now, Taylor Hall had an interesting quote there about, you know, the potential. Oh, the are we going to Taylor Hall done. now? Cuz I was going to I was going to talk about the Senator Sabres mm-hmm. trade, but, but okay, we it's can Just that this was I think one of the last trades the Oilers made, so I'm just like, you know, I, I want to Well, cause this, we're going to talk, talk about Taylor Hall in a problem. couple minutes, but okay.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, uh, if you want, we can we can go to Taylor Hall if you want. I mean, Yeah, I <laughs> try um, and go. It, this is a quote from Taylor Hall regarding
0: uh, the potential of, you know, uh, any of their uh, previous first-round draft picks getting dealt. I've seen it for maybe two games my whole career this in Edmonton, this direct quote, where the fans have actually had a reason to be excited. And I could be gone, it could be Jordan, it could be Nuge, I don't know what's going to happen. But the fact of the matter is that nobody aside from Connor McDavid has played well enough to solidify a spot on this team and I think everybody here realizes that.
1: Yeah. I, um, I, and then he, I guess if we're going with Taylor Hall, because this was going to be a part of our rapid fire, but okay. it's okay. Um, the, he also said he watches earlier in the week, The uh, uh, there was a controversial call um, about the, re- the coach's challenge. And he said, okay. Taylor Hall goes, I watch a lot of hockey. And this coach's challenge, it's tough. You've you're asking the referees to admit he's wrong in front of eighteen thousand by watching a six inch tablet, and the Wi-Fi in our rink is mediocre at best. So that's what we're relying on. He kind of backed away by mentioning that the refs do have a tough job, and the Oilers have benefited from the calls, but you know, still not really. Um, and exactly, and, and and at at the end of the day,
0: I would rather the Refs admit they're wrong, then refuse yeah. to admit they're wrong, and it costs somebody the game. But I, I kinda, at, at the I, end of the day, even if mistakes happen, like I, this yeah. is this is a league of mistakes. As long as you correct them, that's what I care about. If you I, correct the mistakes, yeah. not hide away from
1: them. I kind of, I kind of like this Hall character now because it's like yeah. you know, it's like uh, you, we need more players like this who are you know, who's sit, tell it like it is kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, it, and he's right on all three of those quotes. It's like, it's true. Yeah. The, uh, you know, the, it, the, ref, this coach's challenges needs to be fixed. It can't be the refs who do all the calls, you know, the, his whole career has kind of been wasted because of how bad the management has been in Edmonton. And he, you know, anyone could be gone by now uh, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, he's right in all this stuff, and I, I don't know. I, I I have more respect for him um, yeah. because I'm like, yeah, he's he's uh, he's saying what he feels like. Um, and, I, and
0: I think that's that's kind of what's going to keep him in Edmonton as well. Yeah. That, that kind of character there. Yeah, um, and and he, and
1: that's definitely a like, captain material, material and kind of thing. Like and, more expendable than, than Taylor Hall is. Yeah, that's true, and that's definitely a captain material type thing. Uh, I guess we'll go back from the, I, I guess... Yeah, I guess we'll just go into rapid fire. I was going to talk about the outdoor games briefly on um, the thoughts on the Chicago and Minnesota and the Colorado and Detroit game. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the Colorado-Detroit game was actually pretty cool. Um, the Chicago-Minnesota game wasn't as exciting. I don't think Chicago really cared that much. Um, it's not neither one was really a rivalry. Um, although the alumni game was pretty cool though, for the Colorado Detroit one, where you got to see like Sackick and the Iserman again and Lindstrom and all those guys. So in Forsberg, but, um, so the, yeah, so briefly that was pretty cool. Um, I, I, also,
0: I, sh- I heard that, uh, the Detroit Red Wings really, uh, hammered Colorado in the shot clock and not only Patrick Watt, but great, uh, Craig Billington were, had to stand on their
1: heads and nets. Yeah. uh, yeah, yeah. Patrick Waugh played in the alumni game. That was uh that was an interesting um thing too. So, but yeah, uh, but like yeah, Colorado, <laughs> much like their uh their actual team, their uh, alumni team also had a lot of shots that uh, they had to take. So, um, I don't know. But it, yeah, it was it was a cool experience though. At least it's tough to see on the TV because you're like. Yeah, you get it. It's outdoors, but, you know, it's kind of war- wears at its welcome a bit. But at the same time, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool that it's like a spectacle of sorts. Um, Colorado Detroit isn't as much of a rivalry as it was last, you know, back in the 90s. Yeah. But it's still, you know, I mean, that has a lot to do with the fact that it's, you know, they're not as good. And it's, you know, the Detroit move to the Eastern Conference, so they don't play as often. But, you know, it's still it was still a good game though. So, um, although I was watching and the, and the Warriors, the game that in the <laughs> yeah. NHL was just as
0: good as well. It was yeah.
1: just a- uh, the the Minnesota Chicago game uh, wasn't as uh, good. Um, just Minnesota just went out with it. Um, they uh, it was kind of like a statement game for them too. So, but um, yeah, um,
0: it, to 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 say to say the least. Um, it was a statement game for them. They took advantage. They took it right to Chicago. A 6-1 route. Um, they led 5-0 at one point in, in the third period, I think it was. They chased Corey Crawford from the net. That was a statement game. Four straight wins under John uh, John Torchetti, um, scoring at least five goals in all four of those games. Then their next three, they score five goals combined, losing 4-1 to the Islanders, 3-2 to the Flyers, and 3-2 to the Capitals. So... Uh, with the Panthers and Avs on deck, um, they need to get back to uh, scoring five goals a game. And that, that's the dangerous part. You, you shouldn't have to score five goals plus a game uh, in order to win a hockey game. And uh, the, the fact that they've kind of started to regress a little bit under a new coach it, Maybe it's not just Mike Yo. Maybe there's something more
1: to this, and I think Chuck Fletcher is gonna. Have well, they to only lost like as, once as they are close to the off season, but again, a lot can happen. They're still yeah. within striking distance. But well, they only uh, lost once, but yeah, but yeah, you're right. I mean, um, we'll see. I mean, who knows if Torchetti is the actual guy or not? But yeah, it, did, that, it was that, a good saving game. Um. All right, yeah. So other speculations. I'm going to talk about Louis in the Bruins-Sens game. And I guess yeah. the Sens trade, uh, the Sens-Sabers trade, you'll talk in that later in that. Yeah. Uh, Eric Stahl, we just mentioned, got traded. I was going to actually say that there were rumors that he was going to New York um, in this segment. but uh, we already said that. So, so, so much for guys on the bubble that could be Dell You can cross Eric Stahl off that list. Uh, Brandon Peary, I, I read somewhere that he's going somewhere. Uh, yeah, for you might be hockey news, apparently they're they're looking for uh, suitors. Um, I don't think for, since verbata is injured, I don't think he's going, but um, yeah. it's possible he could. Um, and Danny Hamus, I think, is someone else. Um, Bodeker, I don't think is going anywhere. Yeah, but, um, um, uh, we'll I, have,
0: heard, I heard the Chicago Blackhawks were interested, but now the Dallas Stars have emerged as. Uh, the front runners as well. Um, just looking at uh, storylines to watch. Bickle's future, we mentioned that. Uh, Dan Hamus. Uh Hurricanes and Devils, they might be willing to move pieces despite the fact they're both within striking distance oh, yeah. of a wild card spot. We already know what happened to Eric Stahl. But you have names like Lee Stefaniak and David Schlemko in New Jersey and Christopher Steeg and yeah, Kim were yeah, still on that. the block for uh, – Carolina, so expect those names to pop up more and more. Uh, Chris Russell has been told, per Bob McKenzie, he will likely be traded before the 3 p.m. deadline on Monday, so uh, depending on when you're listening to this, we'll see if that is indeed true. Uh, and of course, Jonathan Druin, 19 teams yeah. interested in his services, but Steve Eisenman made it very clear he wants a roster player, a prospect, and a draft pick, so uh, we'll soon find out who is interested to pay that much for Mr. Druin.
1: Andrew Ladd got an assist recently right now in the oh, game. Oh, there you
0: go. More breaking news. <laughs> yeah,
1: I know. Exactly. Um, yeah, so I think that's it. Uh, but if there's there's going to be trades from here till uh, the 3 o'clock on Monday, tomorrow, uh, when you're listening to this, it'll probably already be passed. So it, uh, we'll be updating uh, next episode of sure. all the, the rest of the trades. And speaking of other notes, Yuri Sekatch, uh, uh, yeah. uh, as you mentioned on the Blackhawks, um, saving. Um, He's some claimed by Arizona. Placed on waivers as a response. Later claimed by the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, yeah. Max Talbot on Boston.
0: Chris Porter on Minnesota. And Brooks. They Blake, all cleared. though. We traded for Peter Bondra. Yay! <laughs> also waived.
1: So. Uh, yeah, but I there. think those guys. Uh, cleared waivers except for Sakach got claimed by Arizona. Yeah, got claimed by Arizona. Okay. Uh, uh, Brian Little is out for the season. O'Reilly's out for just injuries. Um, Ryan three O'Reilly's out weeks. for yeah. three to four weeks. Both teams now making the playoffs. Uh, yeah. I mean, they weren't anyways, but yeah, it's just <laughs> a thing. Uh, Ulimata got six years, $403 million per year yeah um, just
0: over four million um, Yeah, and, and that's a steal if he can stay healthy and produce at a high level like yeah uh, i, I flash back to the contract that john klingberg signed with dallas i thought for a guy who's got that much potential that much skill that's a steal signing him to a long-term deal at that and and only matter could could turn into uh a, a john klingberg type of player again he, he just needs to stay healthy he needs to continue to develop but that the penguins know what they have and they know what he's capable of and um if they continue to
1: give him opportunities, he's going to be real good for them. Yeah, I agree. It's just really if he can be healthy because he has a history of not being healthy. So, but yeah, if he's had to battle health
0: issues, not just hockey injuries too, and that's right. that's not all on
1: him. But yeah, that's not that's not all on him. But it's true. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's the same. You could say that about any injury prone player. Um,
0: Speaking of talented defensemen, the (laughs) Ghost Bears point streak has been exercised. Yeah, it has
1: been exercised at 15 games. It was going to end eventually, but uh, I figured we should mention that. Um, Flyers still in the mix, though. Yeah, the uh, World Cup selection is going to be on Tuesday, and I think Ghost Bear Uh, made a case made a case for him on a under 23 team on the under 23 team which i'm actually looking forward to that team to see how they do against all the other team countries but yeah, that um, that'll, that'll be worth mentioning in the podcast to episode 22 yeah well, yeah it'll just be world cup selections and um, trades yeah. <laughs> they'll probably just be ra- it will probably just be trade
0: trade 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 oh, trade trade oh
1: yeah then fire, the world cup <laughs> the
0: rapid fires all world cup of hockey
1: yeah basically right, um yeah. Forsberg had uh, two natural hat tricks in three games, sixteen points two in eleven naturals. games. Yeah, two naturals. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I
0: know hat tricks, but both naturals. That's yeah. That's, yeah he had zero regular Six, season hat tricks prior to that. Yeah,
1: too. he started the season slow, but uh, you know, I guess obviously he picked it up. He has sixteen points in eleven games, or that's basically February in the month of February. Twelve of those points were goals. Um, and he broke the franchise record for most goals in a month at 12. Um, While
0: we're on the subject of Nashville, uh, there were reports Scott Hartnell was heading right. back to the team that drafted him. Again, that's all they are is reports. And nothing has been confirmed. Um, but uh, until further notice, still a member of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, not sure if it's too late to reacquire Ryan Johansson from Smashville. That remains to be seen. But yeah. again... By the time three PM rolls around on Monday, we will know what uh, Scott Hartnell's fate will be, at least for this year. Uh, also, speaking of hat tricks, uh, there's this WHL stud who had five of them in eight games, and he's on the
1: verge of signing with the Florida Panthers, named Dryden Hunt of the Moose Jaw Warriors. Yeah, apparently four teams are interested. He could sign today. Um, we'll yeah, see.
0: I, I hear the front runner is Florida, though. Oh,
1: wow. okay. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't seen this kid play. I don't know if you have, but, I mean, five hat-tricks in, in eight games is something pretty no good. Five hat-tricks in eight games is all you need to know, my yeah, friend. Exactly. That's, that's impressive. Um, uh, speaking of people who could sign um, soon, uh, ter- uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, he uh, terminated his contract with his uh, KHL team, SKA St. Petersburg, um, he can go to the NHL, but he needs all 30 owners to approve, or um, if he wants to re-sign with the Devils, he doesn't need to do that. Um, you know, he can just go to New Jersey. Um, it is unclear what he did to terminate his contract, but all we do know, because, you know, the KHL is pretty shady. I <laughs> um,
0: Actually, I think I might have the answer to that. According to Complete Hockey News, Covey, Covey told uh, the SK St. Petersburg personnel, who had scratched him two games already, right. that if he wasn't inserted back in into law... Right, now, I saw that. ...which looks like he wasn't, that
1: he was threatening to head to North America. Yeah, no, and, I saw that, but I don't know if, like, there's there has to be something more to that, I feel like. Well, you, you look at uh, the KHL turmoil, like
0: the salary cap and, and how how the players' salaries have really taken hits. Some players, I don't think, have been paid even. Right. Uh, if I recall a couple of months ago or even a year ago, there were problems there. And I think Ilya realizes that if he's not getting paid, he's going to go someplace where he knows he's going to get paid. Yeah. Now, the question is... If an NHL team is willing to pay him, and how much, and if the Devils want him, because if you
1: recall, when he left the New Jersey Devils, Lou Lamorello was still in charge. He no longer is. Ray Shero is. Could you imagine if, like, next year, the Toronto gets, like, Stamkos and Kovalchuk? (laughs) That
0: would be typical Toronto, especially if they got Yeah, and it would be
1: such a Lou Lamorello move, too, it would just be like, oh yeah, yeah, all of a sudden we get all these, like, great players. All of a sudden, and like Austin but, Matthews are like a top pick. Um, yeah, his character,
0: be though, concerns me greatly. I mean, he, last year the World—I don't think so. Though the World Hockey Championships, I don't know if you recall, uh, Canada destroyed Russia in
1: the final. Right, and the
0: Russians refused to shake uh, the hands of Canadians and, and just and just walked off of the ice. Or, or I, if they shook the Canadian hands, they were quick to exit the ice. Apparently, Kovalchuk was one of the guys that is spearheading that movement. And Ovechkin and a few others tried to convince them otherwise, so they ended up uh, skating off the ice. Is that really what you want out of a star player like Ilya Kovalchuk, who is 32 years old right now? He will turn 33 in mid-April. His last 40-goal season came in 08-09, but the Thrashers were still in existence. And while he scored 41 in 2009-2010,
1: that season was split between the Devils and yeah, at the but at the same time, I feel like, you know, this guy, I don't think it's that much big of a deal, I feel like. I mean, yeah, I didn't know that story, but I feel like in terms of, like, this, uh, I feel like KHL is just very, like, shady things where, like, like they had, like, a guy die on the bench, you know, and they yeah. didn't really do anything about it. So I feel like it's, like, they don't, KHL doesn't really care that much about their players. Um, I know I'm like Kanye West right now. Yeah. At, <laughs> the uh, so like I don't I don't know exactly. I, I don't think it's the kind of care in the KHL like yeah. the NHL miles ahead. Yeah. So and I think I think maybe Kovalchuk realizes that, and maybe there there's more to the story. Like maybe Saint Petersburg wasn't treating Kovalchuk well either. So there's there's a possibility like that. And also, it's like a it's like a Tyler Sagan kind of thing, or Drew ends, um, maybe not Drew N but uh, someone who's also proven who has some person Patrick Kane who has a personality issues. Like as long as you can score, you're you're good in the league. I mean, you don't really care about their personality when they until they suck, you know. So and I think that's when that's what's gonna come down
0: to, and how much money is too much money for yeah. Ilya Kovalchuk because, yeah, they don't play nearly as many games in the KHL as they do in the NHL. But um, you look at the stats, he's only been able to surpass the 20-goal plateau once since his retirement from the NHL. And the kind of money he was getting, eight to $9 million a season before he left for the KHL, I would say you need a lot more than a 20-goal season or a 30-goal season to justify that kind of a paycheck or even come close to justifying it, and the fact you don't know if he can even surpass the 20-goal mark once he comes back in the NHL at his age, let alone the 30-goal mark at his age. And that's what concerns me.
1: Yeah. Uh Um... Yes. So, in conclusion, if it's at the right price, there's going to be a team that's willing to pay him. But if he's asking for too much, they're just going to say forget it. Yeah, and I mean, and also, yeah, I don't think he's going to get like a max contract like he would have no. a couple years ago. But it'll um, probably be
0: a one-year or two-year
1: deal. Yeah, it might be like a Yager kind of thing where it's like he'll be yeah. a he'll be like a guy, like a veteran guy there. But um, yeah, I don't know if all thirty owners will approve. Him coming back, even um, so, he may he may not have a choice um, if unless he wants to go back to New Jersey. Apparently, he has a house there in New Jersey already, so um, it's possible he'll just go to New Jersey. Uh, and speaking quickly
0: before we go into the Bruin sense or yeah, yeah. any
1: of the other topics, uh, character
0: issues. We talk about character issues. Uh, did you see another one of Mike Commodore's Twitter rants? All
1: right, yeah, yeah. That was um, funny. Asking everyone who could be trade bait on Monday or anyone who has
0: already been traded to, uh, and I'm using the clean version, hashtag pack their stuff or unpack their stuff. <laughs> uh, in Jared Cowan's case, he kindly suggested to hashtag pack his stuff a second time or hashtag <laughs> keep his
1: stuff packed. Yeah. Uh, it leads me to believe he
0: simply has nothing better to do, just like he had nothing better to do when he... Uh, was throwing
1: shade at Mike Babcock in his return to Toronto, or uh, yeah. Detroit, rather. I thought this but, was like, funny, but, though. Yeah, but like any other player, Mike was traded a few times, so... Well, he I even he, he even I admitted it. He's
0: an expert at hashtag
1: packing his stuff. Yeah, yeah, he even, uh, he even said that. Uh, I think Brendan Prust like, said, like, yeah, you had to pack your stuff, too, a couple times. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I, like, you know, we are... Uh, hold on, let me get the quote out. Let me get the tweet out. Um,
0: I'm glad, I'm glad someone, uh, yeah, humor. he has a sense of humor about
1: it. Um, uh, hold on. We might get some more breaking news, more Mike Commodore tweets. <laughs> yeah, 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 No, I was, like, looking, and he's, like, saying, like, like, nail Yakupov, pack your stuff.
0: Yep. Um Eric Stahl, on. yeah, that's confirmed. Game Eric Stall is one of the first ones he tweeted,
1: I think. Uh where, where is it? I I had there was a t- funny tweet about it, but I okay. I forget exactly what he said. But he was he, uh him and Brandon Oh. Oh he says uh uh so um my commodore says I had to pack my stuff every other year when uh, someone asked when someone tweeted him where you ever traded Mike. Then Brandon Pruss says, "Guys like us should just buy a motorhome, lol." Yeah. And then Commodore <laughs> says, "Yeah, we should. We should never have bothered buying or renting real estate. Just get in a sick tour bus." So that has a good humor about it, um, as well yeah. with Brandon Pruss. So, um, so I thought that was funny. But I mean,
0: I, I, I just never yeah. seen. I just never seen a former NHLer just be so blunt. Uh, yeah. nearing trade deadline, but. I, yeah, it was, he's it was not funny. not an average NH, uh, former
1: NHLer, I guess. Yeah, I, I thought it was funny, but uh, I mean, I guess I can see why you would think it'd be like that. But it, um, it would have been funny, I think, if if he didn't go on that Twitter rant about Babcock there. Yeah, I agree. That that might not have that, been that,
0: great. That kind but, of that, that you kind of tell it's tough to tell if he's being humorous or serious or right. just a, a
1: gigantic idiot. Um, All right, so let's get to the Bruins and Sens. Um, The, uh, I mean, uh, I don't know which one we should go with first. I'll I'll just go with the Bruins because Louis Erickson is the hottest trade bait right now. Um, For me, I've been all week, even last week too, I've been like back and forth with trading him or signing him. There are some reports that say that they're close to a deal. There are some reports that say they're they're not, or they're not going to trade him, or they're. Um, so, um, but at the point, so when I think about our season this year, I think like yeah, Louis Erickson has been an important part of our team, so we should sign him because of that. However. Um, if you look at the Bruins salary cap situation, we have um, we as uh, the Bruins. I'm talking about the Bruins, not we as I. Um, but the Bruins uh, have Pasternak, Spooner, and Krug as RFA's next uh, offseason. So they have those guys to sign. And you also have Marshawn, who's going to get a big raise um, in the next season. He's going to be a free agent next season. So, um, so those four guys are more important to the Bruins future than Louie is. And, um, so that's when you think, okay, well then let's trade him so that we, you know, we get something because we can't, you know, we shouldn't sign him if we have more important players to sign with that money. So, so then, then it comes to who are we going to get. And there's reports that we may get. We're talking with Minnesota. We're talking with Anaheim. We're talking with Winnipeg, with like Truba, Scandella, um, Dumba. Um, I think there's like, I think there were some rumors for Vatanin, But uh, um, I don't know if those guys will help. Um, and also I, I think Minnesota and Anaheim are now in playoff contention, so I don't think they're willing to trade away those guys that are gonna help them um right now. So Clayton Stoner could be expendable, you know. Yeah, Clayton Stoner. I mean, I'd be okay with Truba, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. He's more offensive defense and then shutdown. Yeah. Deep, I think that Bruins need more shutdown defense. But he can hit though. I mean I think that's yeah. something um that we would need I mean I'll, Ideally, I would love like Matt Dumba or like uh, Cam Fowler guy, but I don't think Minnesota or and I'm gonna do that. Um,
0: I, I think I think uh, Matt Dumba is more realistic than Cam Fowler.
1: Yeah, but I don't think. I mean, Dumba's been good recently, and Minnesota yeah. has been. You know, they're kind of they might be in the playoff hunt. So, so there's that, but like. I have a feeling what's going to happen is the Bruins aren't going to sign Louie and they aren't going to trade him. So it's just going to be like another Carl Soderbergh situation where, yeah. um, where we didn't trade him when we could have, um, and didn't get See, anything. in return. the difference between Louie Erickson and Carl Soderbergh is Louie Erickson's a UFA. Carl Soderbergh was an RFA. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I feel like, but we could have traded him in the last trade deadline. um, we could have traded Soderbergh at least for something. Um, because if we weren't going to sign him anyways, so we ended up trading him like the day before the draft, just because we, um, um, you know, cause we weren't going to sign him, but we wanted to get something, but we ended up getting like a six round pick. But if we traded him, um, before the trade deadline, we probably could have gotten something more. Um, so, um, but, uh, yeah, I don't, and I think it's also, I guess it might have, like, when I'm thinking about it, it's like, it might set a president. like, let's say we trade him, and we, like, it's, like, kind of shows that we're kind of giving up on the season, because we kind of need him in the playoffs, even though we're probably not going to get that far, um, even with him, so, um... Let, I mean, assuming we do make the playoffs, I should, I should make what that clear. Depending on their situation is like, and if, and, if, and if the timing is right, and they think
0: there's a realistic chance of re-signing Louis Erickson, I can see him going to Los Angeles. Uh, cause, yeah. Because they were trying to get Teddy
1: personal and they couldn't get it done. So yeah, that would be an I, interesting I don't move. I think they're going to stop there and stop looking for But we need board. a defense, I so I don't know who the Kings Alec would be Martinez. willing to... Who? Alec Martinez. Yeah, maybe. Isn't he, like, old, though?
0: Nah, he's not that old.
1: Thought he was old. All right, they whatever. They signed
0: him to a long-term deal, too, in, 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 uh, uh, I think within the last year or so. So it's not like you're just getting a rental. This, this, this is a guy that can help you three, four, five years down the road. Yeah. I think he's more defensive uh, than he is off, known for defense and offense. So. Right,
1: yeah, I knew that. Which is what you need. True. Oh, yeah, he's 28. So I guess we can, there you know. But he has, he's, he has, he's four million, um, and he has five years left. So, um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll I'm see. Just,
0: I'm just looking at a guy like Louis Erickson, and I, I can, I can't really see him going to, like, a team like Minnesota or, or Anaheim. I, I, I see him going to a team like L.A. who needs, you know, a, a plug-in, like a, a rental to help them in the playoff run and maybe beyond this year. I don't know if Louis Erickson can help them beyond this year, but the price is right. I certainly think he could. Um, and and out of the teams that we mentioned, like Minnesota and I, am I think L.A. could offer Boston more for a guy like Alec Martinez. Uh, for a guy like Louis Erickson, sorry.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's fine. I don't know if I would want him, though. Um, compared to the guys on Minnesota or Anaheim, but um, but it, I mean I it may it happen. Depends
0: on what they're expecting in return for Louis Erickson. What what yeah. kind of what you can kind of get for him. But.
1: Um, and the um, oh yeah, and I all, there was also reports that the uh, Bruins are interested in Chris Russell uh, from the Calgary that, Flames. That,
0: that I can see. That I could definitely I don't want
1: a, I don't want the Bruins getting Chris Russell though. Why? Uh,
0: Cuz he can't he needs a shot blocking machine.
1: Yeah, but that's all he can do. He can't do anything else, he, you know. It's just like uh he's, he's not good with the puck. He's just he, all he can do is shot block shots. I mean, that's good, but uh-huh. that's the, all he, he can do.
0: Last last year he, he when when Marci or Daniel got hurt, he was one I'll of the tell guys you. Who, really, who really stepped up. And mind you, again,
1: overachieving Calgary team maybe he overachieved a little bit as well. I'll tell you but if if we get Chris Russell, like there's gonna be riots in the streets of Boston. Really? Yeah.
0: You, you really don't trust Chris Russell? No,
1: <laughs> I don't want Chris Russell. No, because he's gonna go to a playoff contender. I will tell you that he's gonna go to. A okay, playoff well, we're not even. Okay, good because we're not a playoff contender, but. <laughs> Okay, you said it, not me. <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, um, well, no, I mean, seriously, I feel like the Capitals are the only playoff contenders in the Eastern Conference. Uh, maybe Florida, I guess, but a, a Tampa Bay.
0: Only of contenders, you're going to get a slam dunk in the East.
1: I think they're the closest thing you can get right now. Who, the Capitals? Capitals, yeah. yeah. They're the closest thing to a slam dunk to making the finals. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the Sens. Um Oh, well, I mean, I, I guess I could talk about this week in the Bruins. We didn't yeah, really talk I, about Yeah, I it. know they lost to Columbus. Did they did lose to the Columbus, but then we beat, um, we beat, uh, we had a, uh, Pittsburgh and we beat Carolina. Pittsburgh, yeah. Pittsburgh West was a good and game, and then we, uh, we beat, uh, I'm blanking on who we played on Friday. Oh, yeah, we beat Carolina. Um, Carolina. But yeah, so, so that, your during that that Saturday Penguins weekend. game we looked really good. Um, it like showed like, oh yeah, we can be playoff contenders, and then we like lose to like the Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're like, okay, let's blow up the team. i It's this team, the Bruins team, is so Jekyll and Hyde lately. It's just yeah. um. So like, it's it's. I mean, and the Carolina Hurricanes are the Carolina Hurricanes. So I don't really care that much. The bigger test is going to be tonight. We played the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. So um, it will be interesting to see how we do against them because they're playing well too, so um, um, it, might, it likely could be a playoff matchup. So um, we'll see how they go. And I think that's probably what's going to happen is after this game, we're going to see the Bruins will make at least – I think they're going to make some deal. It may not be – Louis Erickson, but I think they're going to tra- trade someone. Um, I'm not sure who though at the moment. Um, so but speaking of trades. Uh, your senators made a trade for random players. Um, it
0: was, it was a prospect's blockbuster. That's what I like to call it. Um, well, it was, it
1: was funny. Cause like I, when I saw this trade go down, I was just like, who are any of these people? I don't know any of these guys. So, well, um, I'll start by who's going um,
0: to who. Um, Sens and Sabres, by the way. Yep. Uh, they The last trade they made was uh, the Robin Leonard deal in the offseason. Uh, this time around, Ottawa trades four pros- prospects to Buffalo. Michael Sadeo, I think is how you pronounce his name. He's a defenseman. Alex Guptillaford, who is in that Jason Spezza trade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Eric O'Dell, who they just signed in the offseason, he was in the Winnipeg Jets system previously. I think he was also an, uh, I think he was also an Ottawa native, if I'm not mistaken too. Uh, Cole Schneider, another forward. Uh, all of them are going to the Sabres in return for three prospects, a forward Jason Aikenson, another local boy, Philip Veroni, uh, who I re- who I really like. I think he's got some upside to him. So they get a forward in Philip Veroni. Uh, as well as Jerome Gauthier-Leduc, uh, another forward as well, and a conditional draft pick down the road. It's it's not certain. It's, it's unclear as to when uh, that draft pick will be, uh, what draft, and uh, in what round, um, but uh, interested to see what the conditional uh, pick is. Um, they also re-signed Chris Neal, the longest active Ottawa senator, to a one-year deal with $1.5 million, which I really like. Um I I know some some people um, I know some of my friends and and they and some of them make the argument you know you you got all this youth uh, guys like Chris Neal you don't need I disagree you need a you need a guy to you know go to to go to battle and and hit and who can hit and he's got a couple of multi point games this year so I'm glad he's sticking around for another season because you know he's getting up to forty he obviously um, he's he's not you know. He can't obviously bring what he once could, but he's, he's still got some upside to him. Uh, and just, like, uh, just like the previous deal that he signed, he's got a modified no-trade clause, which
1: outlines 10 teams he will not accept a trade to. Sorry, you were saying? Yeah, I was just going to ask, do you think any of these players that the Senators got are going to be in the NHL one day? Uh, Jason
0: Akinson might get a sniff or two, uh, Phil, Phil Veroni has, has spent some time in the NHL with Buffalo and I, and I liked what he saw during his short time. So I, I think Veroni's got potential, Jason Akinson, might potential, it's, it's too late to say what, what the others could do, but, um, I, I, I would be a bit surprised again if we look back at this five to 10 years from now and say this, you know, what a steal that was, but, um. You know, just unloading some prospects here and there, uh, and uh, uh, I, I don't really think too much of it, but it's significant considering the amount of people involved, because, you know, some players in traffic, that's that's pretty significant. Uh, speaking of significant, they played a significant game against the Oilers on Tuesday. They came away with a 4-1 victory, should have beaten Vancouver, but lost that game 5-3. to uh, that game against Calgary, down 4-2 in the third, looked like they were going to lose and then out of absolutely nowhere, Mika's advantage ad, uh scores a natural hat-trick in just 2 minutes and oh, 38 yeah, seconds. Um, the Sens ad one more, went on to win it 6-4. For a guy who's only scored 14 times this season and early in the season, you know, we we're always talking about, you know, oh, Mika needs to score more. You know, he's He's snake-bitten out there. He's got six game winners. Six of his 14 goals are game winners, and he picked the perfect time to score it. will. First goal, made it 4-3. Second goal, tied it. Third goal, eventually won it. And that's, you need players to step up at certain points, and that was his time to shine, and he certainly did. Uh, a rookie also made his mark this week. Nick Paul, one of the other prospects that came over at Ottawa in the Jason Spets, a trade, scored his first, NHL goal against the Oilers and then got his second NHL goal against the Calgary Flames. Um, And again, uh, follow a lot of people on social media. A lot of them uh, that I know on social media were going, this is one of the last times Ottawa is going to be within striking distance of a wildcard spot. And if they don't win today, they're done. Uh, Well, they won. And now they've got the Blues, Bolts, Leafs, and Stars on deck. So... Again, doesn't get any easier, especially as the deadline looms. I don't expect them to do much of anything
1: except for a prospect here and there. Well, they already um, made their big deal with yeah. so Faneuf's well, been pretty good, good, actually. Faneuf has been pretty good, actually. Yeah, he's, he, I like I like what I've seen from Faneuf
0: so far. Definitely, he's, he's been good. and They also signed Chris Weidman, I forgot to mention earlier this week, to a two-year uh, contract. It's a one-way, which means... If you put him in the minors, he's got to clear waivers first, and that's going to be a slippery slope. But a two-year deal gets some more certainty for Chris Weidman, and I think he's got the potential to be a key contributor down the road, and I'm glad he was able to get that contract extension. Gives him some time to prove himself. Uh, What's going to be interesting is what happens with Patrick Weirkosh because now all of a sudden he's he's been that defenseman for a while outside of Jerry Cowan when he was still in
1: in uh, Toronto, on the,
0: uh, in Ottawa, on the outside looking in. And um, uh, and now he's the only defenseman, in my opinion, on the outside looking in. And it'll be interesting with Freddie Clayson and some of the other defensemen they have uh, in their uh, pool of talent in the minor league system, uh, what happens with Wirkash down the road. And speaking of Jared Cowan, by the way, um, placed on waivers by Toronto and he cleared waivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are reports I heard that the Leafs are doing their best to move him at the deadline, or before the deadline uh, comes and goes. Uh, He was battling a hip injury, so didn't even play in his first NHL game with the Leafs, and already it looks like his time in Toronto is numbered, and he said he was frustrated and disappointed, and deservedly so, because I would have thought for sure they would have at least given him a chance to prove himself, but... Again, building for the future, I guess, uh, doesn't necessarily guarantee that.
1: So what's he going to do now? Is he just in the minors now? Um, well, he's cleared way where he's in the
0: minors. Assuming he gets traded, you will know, probably work his way up in the minors. The, right. the Marlies have a pretty good team that could contend for a Calder Cup this year, the, the Stanley Cup version of uh, the American Hockey League. Um, so uh, I think that could be a good experience for him as to getting his confidence back. Um, but you don't, you don't know, in my opinion, you don't know what a guy is made of until he plays at the NHL level. And I think he would learn more in the NHL level than he would at the AHL level. Again, I don't know what his confidence level is right now. And again, because he's hurt, you know, maybe a conditioning stint is probably what's best. But the fact that there, there's talks that they might try to move him before the deadline, that, that can't be good for a player's right. confidence. And, and you, and you kind of hope that he at least gets the chance to prove that he can still play in the NHL. And it's it's
1: been a rough year for Jerry Cowan, no question about it. All right. Uh, so I guess that's it for us. Um, the uh, By the time uh, next week, uh, I'll probably be crushed with whatever the Bruins decide to do. Um, <laughs> and you'll be... Uh I don't I'm know what you'll be fingers, doing. Hoping that the Sens, yeah. uh, well, the Boston Bruins have a doing have
0: next to nothing
1: uh, Yeah. The Bruins have a crazy week actually cuz they play the Blackhawks on Thursday and the uh, Capitals on Saturday and also Dougie Hamilton comes to Boston on Tuesday. So yeah. Um so the uh it will be a, uh it'll be a crazy week. But um yeah, who knows if Louis will be on the team or not? Um, and all those questions will be answered in episode
0: 22. As we mentioned, uh, yeah. we're going to be breaking down all the trays, talking about the World Cup of Hockey, and uh, either uh, cheering or jeering what our teams uh, did and yeah. didn't with the deadline. Probably Ottawa is going to do nothing. Again, uh, that will all be revealed uh, in the next edition. Until then, I'm Steve Ellsworth.
1: I'm Brett Duboff.
0: And we'll talk to you in episode 22 of the Lace em Up podcast.
1: Yep.